2: question for you guys yes i've been on two vacations quote unquote mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks and i had this thought when i was you went to hawaii what was the other one uh chicago oh yeah for the bachelor party, for the bachelor that party yeah that's
0: a bachelor party yeah but it's, but it's, it's a vacation. vacation did you it's take off days from work though no absolutely not and I don't think it counts as vacation. Really? Well,
2: remember, I'm leaving Miami though. So anything, I, anytime I leave Miami, it's a vacation. Yeah. Huh? Because I'm, you know, going. Out to relax I, I I agree and... with you, Tony. I think that's, it's a a to that's a vacation. That's a vacation.
0: Cleveland for work. That's not vacation. No,
1: I, I still count it as vacation.
0: That's not it's vacation. a new place
1: no, that I haven't been vacation. to. Any any trip where you, you have having fun, any trip where you don't have work responsibilities on the trip for me is a vacation.
2: Okay. Hmm. How long, by the time that you guys get home from said vacation, do you unpack your bag? I agree, Louis, immediately.
1: Straight away. Yeah, usually
0: within the first 12 hours. It depends. 12 hours? If I get home at, like, 10 o'clock at night, I'm not unpacking that night. Okay. But if I get home at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning, I'll probably do it before that that night when I go to bed.
2: So I still haven't unpacked my bag from Chicago. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> when did you get back?
2: Monday night. Oh, but you, you're also in the afternoon. middle of
1: moving, right? Have you, like, unpacked all of your other stuff? Yeah, I've, I finished the move. Everything's done. Do you, a, do you have a do you have a washing you have a washer dryer in your unit? Obviously. Oh, that's terrible. Like if you have it, I'm jealous of people who have washer dryers in their units. You don't have I, one, Woody? No, I don't. I, really? For me, it's a it's what a situation. what year is that building from? Uh, it's an old building. As a matter of fact. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a good. All yeah. right, let's tell as, the story. As a matter of fact, speaking of living out of suitcases, I'm currently living out of a suitcase hmm. uh, because I have been evacuated from my building. My building was actually on the news. Wow. Which, by the way, exciting. Has led me. Well, actually, let me let me tell the whole story first. So uh, last week, the air conditioning went out because there was an electrical fire where the cooling tower is. The electrical fire also took out the water supply to the building. Mm. And so we were evacuated by the city. Wow. Of the municipality, did they that come and in. knock
2: on your door? Or did they scream from no. the bottom?
1: <laughs> there was an email. Like, go! So, so there was an email, and I presume if I had not seen the email, you'd still be living there. No, no, no. Wow. I like they would have. I would have gotten a knock on the door, like time to go, because the American Red Cross showed up. Oh, what? The American Red Cross showed up so in my apartment a, building. This
0: was like a major. This is a
1: major thing. This thing. is. A, I thought they only is, drew blood. A, this is a new. <laughs> what? <laughs> they yeah. don't even do that. No. What the, do you mean? The American Red Cross showed up to my building to help people evacuate because we were forced to evacuate. Now we, I think like they provide people,
0: humanitarian relief. Correct.
1: Uh, okay. I presume they were like providing shelter for people yeah. who couldn't find somewhere to go. Right. There's a lot of old people who live in my building, and so yeah. also it's
0: a it's a very large building.
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's like a thousands 20, of people. It's like a 20 story building. So hmm. yeah. Hmm. So I I'm currently living out of a suitcase. I I packed an initial bag thinking like ah it's maybe the weekend and then it'll get fixed. I think it's I had never an email saying. The weekend the The air conditioning won't return for at minimum another week and a half. Oof. Yeah, I could stay in the building if I wanted to, but it is unbearably hot. I went back to get clothes, and after 20 minutes, I was drenched in sweat. Oh my god! No, I couldn't. That's so, so bad for mold. Oh yeah, no, it's terrible. The the closet, the closet is so freaking hot. So you don't have to pay hot.
0: rent this week, I assume.
1: Uh yeah no rent rent I'm good on. So um I I Jess and I have been working on this. Top five list of entities you don't want showing up to your apartment. Hmm.
0: Like worst vehicles to right, see, like worst like vehicles your to see
1: outside of my apartment. We begin it, you know, with man. number five: hmm. fire truck. Okay. Don't want
0: to come home and see a fire truck. Yeah, you, no, I agree.
1: Ever. Number four: news van.
2: Yeah, news van is tough because okay. okay. it could be a cat in a tree, but could also could be a triple homicide. You never know.
1: Jeez. Number three is a SWAT team. That's that's. Yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Number two is Christmas. <laughs> a boy. I didn't expect that. And number one is the American Red Cross. <laughs> <laughs> I had FBI number one. FBI? Red, Red yeah. Cross connotes
0: disaster. Yeah. Yeah, like, like you said, Tony. Like you only
1: think of it. Like you hear about the American Red Cross around catastrophes.
0: Now we hmm. had some OLI's too. Yes, we Animal did. Animal control. Yeah. Animal control
1: is a great the exterminator. Job. And the exterminator. Yeah. Exterminator is excellent. Harkening a-
0: back to my uh, my housing crisis from a year ago, uh, where I year? also was living out of a suitcase Jeez. for several weeks.
1: Yeah, you you also joke with me, the Kool Aid Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling through. Yeah, our Yeah, because he never fixes the walls. He breaks them and exactly. never fixes them. <laughs> <Yeah, he> never <laughs> comes back.
0: And and, he never comes an and he's glass. <laughs> so I don't know how that works. He doesn't break. Shit. I know. It's crazy.
2: He doesn't get like a- asbestos in his drink? No. And he breaks through the wall?
1: No. Ooh, that's excellent. Like, why Why wouldn't there be, asbestos? as they would say in Formula One, debris in in, in the Kool Aid well, mm, like, after, a- after, after you've jumped through man. the wall?
2: Hmm. FBI showing me. up at your house. Is kind yeah, of scary FBI. Too. Is, no, is. FBI is yeah,
1: kind of you know, like an, I don't know.
0: FBI it's though connotes uh, people bringing laptops and computers out, mm. right? Because they're yeah. just investigating like electronics. Maybe they're they're quietly arresting someone. But I feel like FBI—they're just going through paperwork, desks, electronic devices, and carrying them out for an investigation. I don't. I don't think of them the same way I think of like animal control, where like there might be a dead possum mm. in someone's yeah. like.
1: Well, And then then the presumption is that maybe there are more of that animal somewhere in the building. I
0: saw a video on TikTok where this guy, it was so disgusting. He cut a hole in the wall and put a snake in and then all these rats started coming out of the hole. Like the snake went in to the wall and got all the rats to come out. It was horrifying.
1: So like the solution to your problems is a snake. Is yes. putting a they snake put in a wall right. and can't get out? Right, The it's rats like,
0: come out. There's a bucket full of live rats who have just escaped from the snake. And then I, I was reading the comments and one of them was like, What if the snake doesn't come back that, out? Like, that's what I was saying. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, like, like the your the solution
1: is to stick, stick a snake in your wall. Yeah. Animal
0: control. It was terrifying. Uh, that's why animal control ended up on my list. I
2: have an, o- an OLI. Ooh. I, I have another one too, go ahead. Uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> you want to see the Ghostbusters outside? I was going right. to say, If the men in black show up at your house. never. you wouldn't know, though. Because they'd show up at your house, oh, and then they'd they would hit you then with the stick. You. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's that fair. Yeah, I got gotcha. we'll call it the stick. Yeah, the stick. <laughs> okay. yeah, the old stick. Memory stick. Stick up your you know. hand. Hmm. Ghostbusters, though. You don't want them. There. Yeah,
0: a
1: scary list. too. It's- Welcome to Mystery Crate. No, oh! oh, hey. that's right.
0: What do we have on Mystery Crate today? Well, this Very week. Very exciting.
1: You, 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 funny you should ask Jessica. This week is the final episode of Obi Wan Kenobi. Wow. We're back with another episode of Darth Amin's Rule of Two breaking it all down comprehensively. Should we listen to it? Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. Here's Darth Amin's rule of two.
3: Welcome to another installment of Darth Amin's Rule of Two. I'm your master, Darth Amin, Darth Lord of the Sith, my apprentice as always, Anthony Mays, AKA Darth Corn Puzzle.
4: Yeah, I mean, Anthony Mays is dead. Darth Corn Puzzle killed him. I didn't do that though. No, you did <laughs> That was all me.
3: All you, just like well, this whole Star Wars thing is all, yeah. Last episode of Obi-Wan. That's right. If you're a mystery crate enthusiast and you don't know Star Wars and you hate Star Wars, congratulations. You've made it to the end. This is the last one you're going to have to listen to for quite a while until the next show comes out, which I believe is Andor at the end of the summer. A lot to get into after we had the best episode of the series, episode five, which struck the emotional tones and the canon reverence that I thought was appropriate for a show like this. Uh, We get this episode six and this is like, nah, let's go back to the other shit.
4: (laughs) Yeah, man. It followed the same recipe that Moon Knight did. Episode five, digging into the good stuff a little bit. Episode six, you got to tie up all the loose ends in a very predictable way.
3: Maze has a question for me that he's going to ask me at the end about this series. I believe I have an answer for it that mace hasn't heard oh. i think it's a very thoughtful answer if i do say so myself but let's jump into the recap we're in the market at moss Espa, a moisture farmer is selling water a big hick shows up bullies his way to the front of the line and i said is that the first hick in star wars history and then in my research i realized oh shit that's obi-wan's boss from episode one yep it's the same dickhead being rude to everybody Somehow I didn't recognize in episode one that he was a big redneck. Because that accent came out real. Can I help you? I was like, whoa. <laughs> I don't remember this ever happening in Star Wars. And I'm not complaining. It's just an observation. I was like, okay, I'm with it. Particularly in a place like Tatooine. They show us Reva showing up.
4: She's already there, man. Yeah. She's already there. She's fine. Doesn't seem to be suffering any ill effects.
3: Apparently, she has two stomachs too. And she's looking for Owen. She's also kind of in disguise, which in Star Wars means I'm wearing a hoodie. Yep. That's it. That's the list. Disguises in Star Wars. Wear a hoodie. Got it. No one will ever find you. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan and the rest of the Jabim refugees are being chased by Vader's Star Destroyer. The hyperdrive went out.
4: So this is a double reference to me, and we've got the shot that echoes New Hope Mm -hmm. of the Devastator creeping into the frame, and also... Last Jedi, remember? We spent all
3: that time on the ship that doesn't have hyper jump capabilities. It's actually a triple reference, Maze, because you actually picked out one that I hadn't thought of, and I guess I picked out one you hadn't thought of. Empire Strikes Back, when they're chasing the Millennium Falcon, and the hyperdrive has gone out in that. Mm. And I believe the music is supposed to be reminiscent of the music they play in Empire Strikes Back. Hyperdrives always go out, huh? It seems like it's a very...
4: Finicky. Oh, same word too, bro. Finicky
3: indeed. Oh, there it is.
4: And Ice Cube Jr. says it's got a bad motivator. Ha!
3: He said it. Remember that? This Rf 4 unit has a bad motivator on Owen. Motivators and hyperdrives. I say stop buying secondhand. Go get you one with a warranty because these things go out, folks. That's what we've learned from Star Wars. Ice Cube Jr. says they're going to try and make it to Tessin. That's a new planet. I did my research not that kind of research. And no mention of the planet Tessin anywhere, so that's a new planet. Ice Cube Jr. also says, when asked by Obi-Wan, how much time do you need? More time than we have. Situation is dire. Got back to Tatooine, Uncle Owen, and Luke are shopping in Moss Espa. Apparently Luke has messed things up again, as a 10-year-old does, and Uncle Owen is a real grump, isn't he?
4: Yeah, he's not a very happy guy, but that's consistent.
3: Yeah, and also understandable. Totally. You know how stressful his life is, man? It's about to get a lot more stressful, I mean. People suck off Obi-Wan and Yoda and like, these guys are deadbeats. They didn't do shit. Uncle Owen was there every day, right? Not only like to protect the kid and hide the kid, but also to raise the kid to be a happy kid. Because if you abuse the hell out of him, then it's like, ah, oh, man, I'm <laughs> instead of sending him to the stripper pole, he's sending him to the Sither pole. Wow. Yeah, a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> Sending him to the Sither pole. Yeah, he managed to keep Luke off the pole on that one. Shout out to Uncle Owen, man. I respect the hustle and the grind. Moving back onto the ship, Obi-Wan realizes, yo, he's chasing me. He doesn't give a shit about any of you people, which again, it's very narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Is it narcissism if he's right, Maze?
4: It's still narcissism, yes. It can be honest, it can be true, but it's still narcissism.
3: Everyone is kind of like shocked and dismayed, but no one more than Princess Bingo. She is beside herself. But Leia doesn't want him to go. And then here comes Ice Cube Jr., reminiscent to a scene from the Phoenix Suns draft war room that happened to me, where two minutes ago you saw talking about, you need more time than we have. I've just come up with the solution to get you guys signed, And you're like, I almost got it fixed. Pardon me? <laughs> what, where did this come from? What, what, what is this about? Asshole. Obi-Wan again confides in Haja and asks him like, to get her back home, lay her back home. And I said, Haja, who lost the goddamn transmitter? Uh-huh. That Haja who just dropped it on the floor. That's Kumail's role. Glorified backup babysitter. That's all he does. But shout out to Kumail for having this line. You have my word. That's the word of a liar and a fake Jedi. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm glad. Kumail really
4: worked for you in this. I am so, man, he's got nothing but scraps to work
3: with. But I mean, is gobbling up those scraps. It's the biggest upset of this series. Because going (laughs) in, they said they cast him. I was like, get out of here. I don't want (laughs) to see this dude goofball his way to Star Wars. Amazingly, it works tremendously. I like this. I like it. Owen gets back to the ranch, tells Baru that Reva's coming.
4: Baru says, "Let's hold it down ourselves. I don't want to move out. Let's get these guns out. We can do
3: this. You're enough, you and me, baby." And I'm like, "To fight an Inquisitor? Are you out your mind, Baru?"
4: I did kind of like this because it does seed why they wouldn't flee in A New Hope. Right. They were committed to holding it down.
3: And I do like the idea that Owen consistent. it's not just kind of like, I'm a tough exterior, but underneath I got a heart of gold. He really doesn't like Obi-Wan. No. Because he's like, Obi-Wan's not here. <laughs> Surprise. Like <laughs> He's so damn salty about it. Again, I can't stress enough. These two people are saints. And then they died and Luke didn't really give a shit in The New Hope, right? It's just like, oh shit, they're dead. Well, I guess I can go leave now.
4: Guess I don't have I'm... anything holding me back anymore.
3: Oh my God. Like, come on, guys. Hashtag never forget, man. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> these two, they made the ultimate sacrifice. They sacrificed their whole lives. Not talking about their lives at the end. I'm talking about their entire lives. We're just living in fear and paranoia with this immense stress of, I can't raise a sociopath. Give it up for these guys. They're the real heroes. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the
2: action of DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet just five bucks to get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Dan. That's code Dan D-A-N for new customers to get 150 bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 NY or text HOPENY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus best expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.co slash B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
4: Obi-Wan is saying goodbye to Leia on the ship. He gives her Tala's blaster holster, which looks like one that
3: Leia has in comic adventures. Yes, and she has also, I believe, in Empire Strikes Back. She would have wanted you to have it. Really? Okay.
4: But Leia's just mad that it's empty. He says, I wasn't going to give you a blaster, Leia. You're 10 years old.
3: But you won't always be. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Obi-Wan is still leaving voicemails for Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon's mailbox is full. He has
4: to face Vader, whether he dies or I do, this ends today, except
3: it doesn't. Ice Cube Jr. realizes, finally, this isn't about us at all, is it? It's about you and him. Are you paying attention? (laughs) I know you're really busy with broken motivators and hyperdrives that go off But Damn, man. like, There's only been saying this, for two damn episodes, maybe more.
4: And then Obi Wan tells him to be a leader.
3: Oh, uh, and he says, I will be, which is weird, but okay. So the
4: Ice Cube Jr. Rebel Alliance spinoff coming your way soon, featuring Lil Leia.
3: All these shows exist to just tell us that there are more shows coming. Yeah. It's like a non stop trailer, every one of these shows. And I, for one, am sick of it. As much as I like Star Wars content, I love Star Wars content, and I want new Star Wars content. I was like, guys, stop doing this. Stop doing this. You know what? He was pretty cool. Let's give him a show. Like, let's stop doing it. We did it with Gina Carano, and y'all saw what happened. Yeah, you gotta pump the brakes. I nothing against Ice Cube Junior. I like his personality, like in real life and stuff. I'm sure, he's a wonderful guy, but I'm just saying in general. Enough.
4: Well, I mean, what if he pops up in Andor? Would that be all right?
3: Yeah, I guess that's all right.
4: So if it's not his
3: own show, but if he's just out there, I could be more on board with that. He's got to lose some ass, though. (laughs) The ass on on him is a little (laughs) too thick with two C's. All right. I want to clarify for non cinephobe listeners, that is not a physical. Yeah,
4: he's not fat shaming Ice Cube Jr. He's talking about his acting ability. His his, acting ability. Not his
3: physical presence. We praise actors who act their ass off. Because they're acting their ass off, and so when you do the opposite of that, you're acting ass on. Ice Cube Junior is very ass on in this series. So back on the Devastator, we see Obi Wan's shuttle leave. Hey, there's one life form on there, and Vader, very much like in Empire Strikes Back, when the probe sends word back from Hoth, saying, "Oh, it's you know abandoned," and he says, "That's it." That's the one like he's very intuitive in that way and decides let's move this whole big ass star destroyer after that little shuttle.
4: This is the dumbest, dumbest thing of the whole episode. I mean, shout
3: out to the inquisitor for not being a yes man, because he says bro the entire resistance thing that's happening here is on that ship it reminded me of scott evil right and exactly austin powers i have a gun in my room right now let's kill him together bang bang done (laughs) and dr vader says scott you just don't get it do you (laughs) you just don't he's
4: not just any jedi So they peel off, they follow the little ship. Why is this
3: an either-or conundrum?
4: It's not! It's not like there's not any other ships on board, I mean! Isn't Vader a world-class pilot? (laughs) It's so stupid, because then the next scene
3: with them... Prepare my ship.
4: I'm gonna go down alone! Why didn't you just go by yourself the whole time? The
3: whole time, bro. And
4: then you just got your whole Devastator
3: double-parked, waiting for you? To do this little thing? And by the way, he goes down in a Lambda shuttle. Not his TIE fighter. Why not the TIE fighter? Just kill him. Oh, I have a gun in my room. <laughs> Back on Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> just I have a whole... I mean, Inquisitor. Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, but I just... I just Grand Inquisitor. But I just think their whole resistance... <laughs> You're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> www.sht.com. <laughs> Back on Tatooine.
4: Owen and Beru... Tell Luke that it's the Tuscans. After the whole Boba
3: Fett series, we're just going back to just yep, being yep. blatantly racist against the Tuskids. <laughs> These black people are coming to <laughs> rob and pillage <intelligent> and rape us. <laughs> this
4: neighborhood isn't safe because the Tuskens are around. And if anything should happen,
3: you should run, Luke. If you wanted to scare a 10 year old on Tatooine, I believe there's one of two things. Either one will sell you to the Jawas, but then the worst one is the Tuskens are coming. At least they didn't call them sand people. I guess. They're woke, right? Young Luke
4: says, I'm not afraid, which is a callback to his line in Empire Strikes Back, where Yoda says, you will
3: be. You will.
4: So now Vader is going down alone to this rocky moon. This is once again echoing a quote from the original trilogy. That was the huge thing in this episode was just referencing previous quotes. Lots and lots of it. And the quote from New Hope was, escape is not his plan. I must face him alone.
3: alone. <laughs> like the Watcher. <laughs> Triple
4: underlined. So he heads to the moon in a hurry. <laughs> and Obi-Wan has Lola for some reason and he leaves it in the cockpit. Then Reva trips the perimeter alarm. Owen and Beru are getting ready to throw down. Vader comes down. And then this is pretty sick, right? He comes down the ramp. We got the big CGI backdrop. It kind of looks like where they fought Thanos and the end of Endgame. We got the planet or whatever looming in the sky, the crescent. And he and Obi-Wan come face to face. Have you come to destroy me, Obi-Wan?
3: And I said, have I come to destroy you? Mother, you followed me.
4: Yeah, you showed up. You're the one coming to destroy. But Obi-Wan says, I will do what I must, which is a line from Revenge of the Sith.
3: So he strikes the Obi-Wan pose, which he did at first, I believe in Attack of the Clones, when he kills Grievous. And then he does it a bunch in the Clone Wars. And then he does it once in Rebels, right before he finally kills, spoiler alert, Darth Maul. Then you will die. That's the same thing he tells Ahsoka. Much to my chagrin, that's not the only callback to his fight with Ahsoka we get. Jesus Christ. They start fighting and Vader is moving way too much. Folks, this guy is in constant pain. He can barely lift his arms above his head. There's a reason why every fight scene he does, the movements are very controlled and tight. You say, what's the reason for that? Well, the suit, while impervious to fire and space and all that stuff I told you guys, also keeps Vader in pain. And it is designed almost as a governor or a limiter. The reason why is because Anakin is super powerful in the force and Palpatine knows that like, if this dude is nice and loosey-goosey and comfortable, he would defeat me very easily. So this is how he keeps him in check. Also, the suit conducts electricity very well. That's also on purpose so that anytime he steps out of line, he can zap him with some force lightning and put him back into place. So the fact that Vader is now like an acrobat is just way too much. This is also
4: happening as Reva defends herself from Owen and Baru, but Obi-Wan and Vader are fighting amongst these giant rock pillars. They both use the force to break off a big one. And Vader says, your strength has returned. But the weakness... Still remains.
3: And that is why you will
4: always
3: lose.
4: As he creates a fissure in the ground, Obi-Wan falls into the crack. Oh, force quake. Vader standing above him with the high ground, I mean.
3: Looky, looky, looky. Yeah, who's got the high ground now,
4: bitch? And he throws rock after rock at him. And all I could think of was the stepbrother scene. I'm burying you.
3: Did you truly think you could defeat me? You have failed master as he says it very sarcastically and i said again this isn't a learner nope no no this is learning
4: reva tells owen as they're fighting you really love the boy like he's your own no one says he is mine reva wants justice so i'm not sure how she's gonna get that and i said huh What's the endgame, Spence? That's a fantastic question, Dan Levitard. Why? What is happening here? Apparently, she's trying to get revenge on Vader by killing Luke.
3: How does she know that Luke is Vader's son?
4: Fantastic question. And also, Vader doesn't know. Right. So how would that impact him at all? She gets by Owen. She gets into the room. Rue clocks her, which I liked (laughs) Just a quick hit to the face as luke sneaks out a hatch and so then once again i mean i guess he doesn't see her all right but it's clearly not a tuscan yeah he didn't hear these people talking the whole time he didn't see the glowing red light and wonder
3: what that no. was of the lightsaber and he never knew anything about this i give him credit for one thing maze at least they got a kid who knows how to run <sighs>
4: I can't believe you're siding with him. I was going to say, why is Bingo running, once again, a crucial plot point? At least he looks like he runs,
3: as opposed to this dainty, like, "Ah."
4: Yeah, but we didn't see him have to do any juke moves. This is true. So maybe his lateral quickness isn't there. You know, straight line speed? This is true. He's kind of like Rickon in Game of Thrones, when they have that kid just run in a straight line and then shoot him with the arrow. But he manages to outrun
3: a force-sensitive adult into the desert. Well, she is stabbed in the stomach. One of the stomachs apparently because again, <laughs> she just lives throughout this entire episode and it's going to get her own spin-off. Uh, I couldn't hold it. I was trying to hold it to the end. Uh, They're talking about getting their spin-off and I'm like I think we should rank the potential spin-offs at the end of this. Oh my god. We get a nice little montage of a sound mix between quotes from Revenge of the Sith and quotes from various episodes of the series, Obi-Wan is defeated, he's under these rocks, he's using the force to stop the rocks from completely crushing him, but clearly he's like, I'm gonna give up. And then he remembers the bingo twins, mm. and he's like, no,
4: I can Little Luke and little Leia, love will give us the strength that we need to lift some rocks up. So he
3: busts free, he climbs out. Vader is walking very slowly, and I'm like, did he forget where he parked? Because that's the vibe I got. When you're in the garage, you're like, I think, I don't think, right here? Yes, no, I don't know. And Obi-Wan sucker punches him. Dick move.
4: Yeah, he just pops up behind him. He's doing all kinds of spin moves now. Vader tries to do the block the blade with the force thing that he did to Reva so well. And Obi-Wan spins out of it. And then he force pushes Vader away. Vader drops to a knee. And we get the big Obi-Wan move.
3: Lifting up a bunch of rocks. Snowball fight. And throwing them at Vader, pelting him. It's funny. It wasn't like boulders and stuff that's like, oh, really rocking him. It's just like, literally pelting him with snowballs.
4: Yeah, they all just exploded as soon as they made contact
3: with Vader's body. They start fighting and he hits Vader. In the regulator that's in his chest, that's what helps him breathe.
4: With the hilt, by the way. He's punching him with the hilt. He's punching him in the face. He's punching him in the control box,
3: bashing away. And Vader starts wheezing. I do love the Vader wheeze. The Vader wheeze is very cool. And then he lightsabers him across the helmet, cracking the helmet, revealing the face of Anakin Skywalker. And as Vader slash Anakin talks, the voice is kind of half James Earl Jones, and Hayden Christensen. It's a very cool effect. And if you've never watched any of the animated shows, you'd say, wow, (laughs) this is a really cool moment. And you don't know whether he's conflicted or not. And wow, except that they legit just stole this whole goddamn thing. The entirety of it from Star Wars Rebels. From the episode on Malachor. I believe it's the season two finale. This is, spoiler alert, the death of Ahsoka. Yes, I know Ahsoka's running around now. She gets brought back to life later in a very weird way, but in a way that's, I would say, tasteful compared to this crap right here. But yes, when he fights Ahsoka on Malakor, she keeps talking to him as an Anakin and then he keeps saying the same shit. Anakin was weak and so I destroyed him. So then I must avenge my master then. And he tells her, vengeance is not the Jedi way. And she says, I'm no Jedi, which is true. She quit the Jedi Order after they accused her of bombing the temple. She jumps up, spins and cracks him across the face. And we get a glimpse of Anakin Skywalker underneath and the wheezing. And he says, Ahsoka. And when he says Ahsoka, they do the mix of half Vader voice, half Anakin voice. And she freezes. She thinks it's Anakin. Like, oh, I finally got through. She says, I'm not going to leave you. And he looks at her and he's breathing. And there's this very cool, silent moment where you're like, wow, maybe she really did get through to him. And then his eye glows Sith yellow, and it squints, and he says, then you will die. Same line that he does at the beginning of this thing, but delivered in a much more pivotal moment, in a much cooler way, in a scene that has a lot more emotion and a lot more emotional connection, and then he kills her. (laughs) You don't see it on screen, but he slices her ass up, as Ezra and Kanan get to escape because she made the true sacrifice, the sacrifice that Obi-Wan was trying to make. Now, that all aside, It was a nice little exchange. Anakin is gone. I am what remains.
4: Ewan McGregor acting his ass off here. Ass off. He apologizes for all of it. And I do like this line. I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. But then he says, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did.
3: The same way, I will destroy you.
4: So, I mean, I got to pause here. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is the climactic moment of the episode and really the entire show. This line, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did. Which is a strange way to connect it to A New Hope because this is what Obi-Wan told Luke, right? Vader killed your father. Vader murdered your father.
3: (laughs) That's what they were doing? But the issue is that that was a metaphor. It's always been a metaphor. It's always been a metaphor. And also, it's always been Obi-Wan's half-assed way about getting out of lying to Luke. Right before we record this episode, Maze, I went back and I watched Obi-Wan's conversation with Luke on Dagobah in Empire, and then again in Return of the Jedi. And I'm like, this dude's a pathological liar, man. He is off the charts, full of shit. And so he basically takes... What technically Vader says and turns it into like, yeah, it's my whole credo and stuff. So then he steals this line from Luke in return of the Jedi. that my father is truly dead. Then my friend is truly dead. And he says goodbye, Darth
4: calling him. Darth is also a reference. So we had somebody on Twitter ask us why we were so hung up on the learner master line. And why would we focus so much on this line from a movie 45 years ago. Guess what? They spent this whole episode and this whole show centering it around a line from the movie. Yeah. They did the exact same thing.
3: They just chose the wrong line. Right. We didn't need any more explanation of this. And by the way, you got him beaten. You know, this is like, oh shit, Osama Bin Laden right in front of me. What are the odds? And he's beaten and wheezy and and bloodied. And All I got to do is just chop him up. Nope. Nah. Nah, I'm gonna fine. walk away. He'll be fine. He'll, he'll be fine. And, th- and even though I've I've already accepted that he'll never change, right? He'll he'll never turn. How do I know I've already accepted this? Because when I'm training his son ten years later, or whatever, I tell him you got to kill Darth Vader. It's like I can't kill my father. That's literally Ugh. the line. Like I can't kill my father, and this is what Obi Wan does. <laughs> I can't kill my father. He goes, ha, oh, like Skip Bayless before he thought there were going, ha. Oh. Well, then the Emperor's already won, I guess. I'm like, what kind of bullshit is that?
4: I had the chance, but I chose not to. So now you have to do it. And also, I mean, last week, I expressed my desire for Obi-Wan to outwit Vader with some craftiness. Nope. With some savvy. Nope. But what happened? He just was stronger again.
3: Yeah. Strength came back. He
4: thought about Luke and Leia. And he was supercharged with power.
3: He was like Marty McFly at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance when George and Lorraine finally kiss and Marty goes from disappearing to being fullback and all his siblings come back on the picture. That's how Obi-Wan shot up. We're back to Tatooine and I'm saying, what is this plot point? Why does she want to kill Luke? Luke runs away and she kind of grabs him by the foot. Meanwhile, Baru and Owen are searching and they're saying, Luke, Luke, they're wandering in the darkness. They're distraught. You can hear Luke, Luke. Here comes Obi-Wan. Where is he? Oh, yeah, no, he's right here. We're just messing around. What do you think we're doing out here in the middle of the dark screaming his name for? Because we know where he is?
4: Luke is conveniently knocked out by Reva She gets her lightsaber out. She's having flashbacks, getting stabbed once again by Anakin. She's struggling with this random decision that she's decided to make. And what happens? She comes up carrying Luke's body. She drops to her knees and collapses. She couldn't do it. She thinks she failed. And Obi-Wan counsels her. By showing mercy, you have given them
3: peace. You have honored them. Yeah, is that what you did, Obi-Wan? Like you did his father. Owen, oh, man. Owen's oh, the hero of this goddamn show. <laughs> Whole damn trilogy. Reva is
4: worried she's become Anakin, but Obi-Wan says she can choose who she wants to become, so she lays down her lightsaber, and Obi-Wan tells her she's free. They both are. And she walks off into her own spin-off series.
3: How's Obi-Wan free? Bro, you just left the most evil guy alive!
4: Whose sole mission is to hunt you down.
3: And you live five blocks away. From the goddamn kid you're supposed to be watching after. What world is this? Oh, by the way, Leia 2? Now we're back at Vader's fortress, and he has to explain to his boss what happened. What happened was, see, the way my checking account, my saving account was set up.
4: We got these proberoids out there. We'll get them. Don't worry. And Ian McDiarmid, love Ian McDiarmid. He's back as the emperor.
3: Yeah.
4: This is the best, because he was in such makeup 45 years ago, and now he's the actual age, so they probably don't need as much makeup.
3: You seem agitated, my friend. I said, what a big move. But again, that's what the that's what the Emperor does in order to stoke the flames of hatred and pain in Vader to keep him submersed in the dark side.
4: Vader says that Obi-Wan will not evade him again. I wonder if your thoughts are clear on this, Lord Vader. Perhaps your feelings for your old master left you weakened. If your past cannot be overcome, Vader cuts him off. Kenobi means nothing. What? Obviously not. <laughs> And we get the Imperial March as he sits alone in his throne
3: room. The line is a future callback to what the Emperor tells Vader on the Death Star in Return of the Jedi, which is he asks him if the thoughts are clear on this because he senses the feelings he has for his son. And that's Palpatine's thing. He's very, very intuitive with emotions and stuff. Almost to like a weird fetishization stage. Oh, yeah. Remember when Luke is watching his friend's and keeps looking at the lightsaber.
4: Oh, that's a big cuckoo moment for the Emperor right there. Oh, yeah. He's like, Yes, I could feel it. Oh, yeah. Just like that. <laughs> and now, back to Alderaan for the conclusion of Lil' Leia. She's getting dressed just like the opening scene, except she's got
3: the holster on. Then I said, I don't know about you, Maze, but I dressed the same exact way as I did when I was 10.
4: Well, you're not a prince, I mean. That's a good point. And she repeats back to Bail Organa that there are many ways to lead. She has changes she wants to make because
3: she's 10 years old. Shuttle lands, and out comes Obi-Wan, and he's got Lola with him. And Lola flies out, and this little bastard, she literally swim moves past (laughs) Obi-Wan, the guy who saved her life. To go play with this droid that won't be alive by the time she's 17. Not only won't be alive, she won't even remember that piece of shit.
4: Yeah, maybe we'll get the death of Lola in the season two finale of Lil' Leia.
3: Which made me think like they could have easily had Lola been destroyed in one of these scenes. To explain that. Because think about this. Even Luke is still playing with that goddamn toy.
4: Obi-Wan tells Bail Organa, you know where to find me. I'm going to be on Tatooine hanging out. Leia suggests that he gets some sleep. And Obi-Wan laughs! Ha! Ha ha! And then we get a little emotional heart-to-heart. Is this exposition? No, I mean, it's poppy talk. When I said before that I didn't know your parents, Princess Leia Organa, you are wise, discerning, kind-hearted. These are qualities that came from your mother. But you are also passionate, fearless, and forthright. And these are gifts from your father. Both were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter. I wish I could tell you more.
3: You won't remember any of this, though, so bye! (laughs) She asks if she'll ever
4: see him again. He says, maybe. Someday, if you need help from a tired old man, but don't tell anyone. Because it could put us all in danger. Okay. She follows that to a T. And then I did like how she put Lola in the holster. I thought that was funny.
3: Cut to, he's on Tatooine. He's riding an Eopie. This is the weird camel-like animal. He moves out of the cave.
4: He thinks about Luke with the toy ship and then he's got some sick, orange, burning man Oakleys, I mean.
3: What kind of Oakleys are those? Same note too, bro. Still got those
4: Oakleys? (laughs) Owen is confused to see Obi-Wan at first, but Obi-Wan says, I'm gonna back off. I'm gonna let you do your thing. Luke can just be a kid. And he walks away, but Owen calls him back. You wanna meet him? And he walks up to this little smiling bingo to
3: give him the toy ship. Oh, by the way, is also dressed exactly as he's going to be dressed for pretty much most of the trilogy. Okay,
4: so maybe it wasn't just a royalty thing. Maybe you're right. And he says, hello there. Ah, ah, he said it. Which is another line from A New Hope. Then he rides off into the desert towards Beggar's Canyon, the infamous Beggar's Canyon. And who's waiting for him? That's right. Liam Neeson is back as Qui-Gon Jinn. No, 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 no. You've gone too far. He was always there, man. Obi-Wan just was not ready to see.
3: Oh, so slick. He's like, I was looking for you. You ever do that where you're late or you're the one who wasn't really supposed to be? And when they finally find him, they like, I was looking for you. It was nice of you to join us. I've been here the whole time. What are you talking about? Obi-Wan says, I don't believe you. And Qui-Gon says, I'm an honest Jedi. I'm an honest force ghost.
4: I didn't lie to you, Obi-Wan. I just didn't tell you certain things. Like how to do this. <laughs> and that's <laughs> it, folks. Wrap the season of Obi Wan. Oh my god, hope wrap the series. Oh boy. If the ratings are any indication, I mean, there will be a terrible season too. My question to you, Amin, what was the point of all of this
3: season? Why? I've done a lot of thinking about this. When you have a story that is as iconic, layered, and textured as Star Wars, prequels, and the original trilogy, as you create content to fill in the gaps, like Clone Wars, like Rebels, like Rogue One, even Solo, I think there's a responsibility there that the content you create is to embellish, embolden, and flesh out things that They just didn't for lack of time or lack of detail. So for instance, hey, they're building a Death Star and we got these plans from our spies. We gotta blow it up, this is how you blow it up. That's the story. It's not like, oh, we don't have enough time to say how the spies. it's like, okay, our spies got it. But it's never defined, okay, what did they actually do to get it? It's like the kid who raises his hand, like wait, no, 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 you're just glossing over this thing. So Rogue One is created, To fill in that gap, to flesh out something that they either didn't have time or didn't even care to flesh out before. Clone Wars, episode two, we have a clone army that's commissioned. Episode three, this shit is like normal. Clones are everywhere and this is how we do it, right? Mm -hmm. Who are these guys? Who's Cody? Who's Rex? Who's Fives? Who are these guys? So Clone Wars, the show, was supposed to flesh all that out. And in between, give us a little bit more exposition on Dooku, on Grievous, on Grievous, On Anakin, on Anakin's relationship with Obi-Wan, and on Maul, and what's happened to him. All of these things exist, and they fill in and make texture to what was just smooth jump over. We move ahead in time. eh. What you can't do, the goal shouldn't be for a show like this or a movie like this, to see what you can get away with. Rather than say, oh, this is supporting structure. That makes the original make more sense. Rather than doing that, you're trying to see how many beams you can remove, structural beams, to build your own little room over here. That's what this show did. Rather than give support and structure to this, it removed it and tried to see what they can get away with. Wouldn't it be cool if like Vader and Obi-Wan fought? Oh my God, it would be so cool. Wouldn't it be cool if Obi-Wan like, had adventures with little Leia? Oh my God, it would be so cool. Wouldn't it be cool if someone survived Order sixty six, but then became like a double agent and then try to kill Vader. But of course they fail because you know how Vader does not. But then they try to kill Luke, like to get back at Vader. They're just doing a whole bunch of "wouldn't it be cool"s, and they think by throwing some lines from here or bringing some characters from back there that there's enough nostalgia to distract you from the fact that they are weakening the existing story for the purposes of doing Wouldn't It Be Cool? You asked me what the point of this show was, Maze. In an ideal world, the point of the show is episode five. Connective tissue from the past to what we know happens later and makes it all stronger and richer. Well, I'll throw in episodes one two, one, to two, and five. Instead, it's episodes three, four, and six, Wouldn't It Be Cool?
4: Yeah, I think the biggest thing to me about what you just said is that there should be some Depth of the character. This is six hours to learn more about Obi-Wan at the very minimum.
3: What did we learn about Obi-Wan? Well, we learned that he was a lot more defeated and broken after the events of Revenge of the Sith than we realized. Then the other shows and movies made apparent to us.
4: But then they have to do this thing. Okay. I guess what I thought would happen in this season.
3: Yeah. Write the show. Write the show as you would have preferred it or what you thought it would be.
4: I thought that we would get what apparently they are teasing for season two, which is Obi-Wan talking to Qui-Gon and learning more about deep force stuff, advanced force stuff, because that's what eventually leads us to the almost monk-like state that we get in episode four, New Hope. Right. He's completely at peace. He's embracing death. He knows that that is just the first step towards true enlightenment, if you want to call it that. Right. They didn't do any of that in this show. What they did was they took him from being oldie washed and they went to Jamaica and got his groove back. <laughs> Coglan's law. He gets his swagger back and then he beast modes it against Darth Vader. I know I've already said this. That was not clever at all. There was no cleverness to the writing of that fight there was even less cleverness to the way that he drew everyone away from the transport and lured vader to this planet right it wasn't clever it was clunky and we know how it was going to end they're both going to walk away so while they were boxed in from this very linear once we got into this storyline we knew how it had to end there was not enough creativity in that journey or enough character development to make it worthwhile. Essentially, we got from he was washed, now he's not. And now, because of this fight with Vader, he's ready to do the learning. Whereas he's been alone for 10 years, you think that he would have had the time to do the learning in that time.
3: I agree with you in that. It wasn't clever. He didn't beat Vader with cleverness or savvy or experience or wisdom he beat him with brute strength and that in and of itself is not clever writing and this series is plagued with not clever writing for half of it
4: the other thing you could have done i mean is you could have introduced some compelling new characters with a lot of depth and the closest they got is with reva but the way they handled the end of her plot line is just baffling
3: okay so let me tell you not going in but as i'm watching it what i would have wanted episode one episode two is cool Leia to be returned fairly quickly, to not have a whole lot of long-lasting relationships, for him to be just this weird old man that rescued her, and that was it, and that she didn't really even know who he was. But through that, him discovering this Underground Railroad, I would have wanted the Inquisitors, all the Inquisitors, not just one, to continue to hunt him. Vader to show up just as he's leaving, and I kind of like almost missed him, almost had him. I would want to see him fight Inquisitors, fight purge troopers, Obi-Wan that is, and gain his strength like that. I love the idea of a broken Obi-Wan who doesn't really believe in anything anymore, has a waning connection with the Force. With Reva, rather than there be a film noir to her, for her to almost have Stockholm Syndrome. I was one of the ones who was almost slaughtered. and
4: We know her plan from the beginning, but she's wrestling
3: with it because
4: Darth Vader's pull is so strong.
3: I don't even want it to be, she's wrestling with it. I want her to have been sunned by Vader. She's now brainwashed into thinking this is the way and this right. And burying that trauma inside her of like, all my friends got murdered by this dude and now he's my daddy, pretty much. And for Obi-Wan to help turn her to say like, this is not the way. So even the hunting of Luke, I could have accepted it if, Vader had basically cast her aside because she was inept. Oh, you messed up. You let Obi-Wan go. And so this is how... No, 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 daddy. See, I, I'm, I'm still good. Look, I, I even found your son. Yeah. That makes a million times more sense than... Oh, I'm going to try to kill you. Oops, you caught me. Well, then I'll kill the son that you don't even know existed. Ha ha. How you like me now? And getting to know Qui-Gon would have been nice. Finding out Quinlan Vos is alive and we don't even mention, or at least say he was alive and then he died. Well,
4: that's what I was going to say. In the narrative that you were weaving, maybe he links up with Quinlan Voss or a couple other Jedi, and they get killed while fighting the Inquisitors. Right. Instead of having this siege that had no stakes and was poorly
3: executed. And everyone gets away and it's fine and it's fine. And in 10 years, there's only Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka, who's not a Jedi anymore. Like It just it doesn't make sense. Come on, guys. That's what made Rogue One the perfect movie. Right. Because they knew what had to happen Yep. in order for the rest of the canon to make sense. Why is Vader so upset at the beginning of A New Hope? This is a consular mission. Then where's the ambassador? Why is he so upset? Because you lying assholes! I just saw you pull off. Yep. You trying to lie to me now? Hell yeah! I'd be pissed and upset and heartily putting my hands on my hips in a very sassy way. Look it up, by the way, if you don't believe me. Very sassy in the meaning of a new hope.
4: Rogue One did everything that we wanted this show to do. Yes. Way better. And it introduced new characters that were compelling. And made us care about them. And it had its cake and ate it too because we got the Vader scene. Yes. I understand that they wanted to have Darth Vader. Have Darth Vader fight. Bring him into the mix. Totally get that. But do it
3: better. Have him fight Quinlan Voss. Have him kill Quinlan Voss viciously. Have him kill Reva. Anything. And then... Having Hayden Christensen, again, the flashback scenes, you should have been doing that the whole time. The whole time. And everything is kind of like a lesson derived from that. I'm going to say it. I didn't like this show.
4: You know what I mean? I don't think that our listeners are going to be blown away by that. because I
3: want to make it clear. like At <laughs> first, it was because of violation of canon. Because episode one and two I was all in. You could listen to the podcast, go back a few weeks. I was a little irritated by the Leia character. But I was like, all right, you know, it's a small price to pay. Episode three was when I said, now you've ruined it for me. I, the one thing I said couldn't happen, you made happen. And now it's ruined in that way for me. And then episode four was cool, but it could have been done a lot better, I thought. Episode five was what I wanted it to be. And then episode six. So for me, Maze, when I say I don't like it, it's not just because of the violation of canon. It's because we're just trying to get through it. We're advancing. Uh, episode one and two is like, yo, very gradual. This guy doesn't have the stuff. He's trying to use the stuff, da da da. This is life on Tatooine. And then after that, it's like, we're just rapidly kind of uh, I'm fighting again. Beyond the canon violation, I just didn't think it was well done. The CGI was the worst of anything I've seen. Effects, I should say, from Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, any of the TV shows, basically. It's the worst. The scene where they're chasing Obi-Wan's shuttle in episode six, and then he makes like this abrupt right turn. I mean, I might as well have seen someone's hand hold it like a toy. It was just so bad. And I thought about the making of The Mandalorian and how Favreau was talking about, he wanted to use the same effects that they used in the original trilogy. So they were going to make models of everything and it was going to be very detailed. and, And I watched the making of and how many different runs they had to do. And it was like, it's clear none of that happened here. And I'm going to say this, Maze, and this is the part where a lot of Star Wars people get upset because it feels exclusionary. I'm not talking about fans. Fans are allowed to like what they like, watch what they like. I'm never wondering, you ain't a real Star Wars fan or whatever. But I do believe this. Don't let people who ain't about Star Wars make Star Wars. That's real talk. Because you can tell the difference. I went to the Rogue One red carpet premiere. World premiere was in Hollywood. I went there took my family. And When you go in, you turn in your phone, obviously, which is now standard practice, but back then I was like, what? I'm turning in my phone? And in the theater, they're showing all the red carpet interviews of all the people involved in making the movie, the actors, the director, the writer, the guy who did the score. And all of them had a variation of the same messaging, which was, I grew up loving Star Wars. I remember da, 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 da. And then when I got the call to do this, I was really excited, like, oh my God, I get to do Star Wars. And then my next feeling was, oh my God, I got to do Star Wars. I can't be the one who ruins this. Even the guy who did the musical score, they all felt this incredible responsibility to get it right, to not mess around or do their interpretation or spin. They wanted to get it right. And as a result, I think you see a movie in Rogue One that is, again, I know people who say that's their favorite Star Wars movie of all, of all of them, which is kind of wild, but I get it because it's a very well done movie. Bavro and Filoni, when they're talking about making The Mandalorian, you can tell this shit matters to them, man. They care about getting this shit right. They care about the details. This thing here strikes me as it's made by people who like Star Wars. Yeah, I watch the movies, but they're not really about that life. That's where you run into problems, where you have people who like it, but aren't reverential of it. Because you have to have reverence. In the same way that I thought Solo wasn't good. Because you start with two filmmakers, Lord and Miller, who are comedic guys. And so they're like, yeah, wouldn't it be funny if we did Star Wars like this? Which is cool. It's funny. I'm with it. But also, you can't do that. There's a reverence you have to do this with. And so they're out. And they would get replaced by Ron Howard. And Ron Howard is a great filmmaker. But he's like, yeah, I remember seeing Star Wars in the theater. But it's like, well, this dude is not watching fucking Rebels.
4: Well, I mean, to be fair, what you're talking about right now and what has happened, i believe on pretty much every Star Wars project of this era is there's a lot of meddling behind the scenes. Even Rogue One, which we really like, was a different movie for a long time. It was directed by Gareth Edwards, and then Tony Gilroy who's going to do the Andor series, had chipped in on the writing, uncredited, but he was hired to direct the reshoots and he came in and that gave him a screenwriting credit. And ultimately what we ended up with was Tony Gilroy's influence on that movie. Right. So the same thing happened with Solo. It started as one movie and I would have really liked to see what Lord and Miller would have done if they had been left to do what they wanted. Right. But because there was so much meddling from... Kathleen Kennedy and whoever else in the executive branch, they brought in Ron Howard, who's just an old Hollywood professional. Just finish this shit up, Ron. And you end up with a movie that doesn't know what it is. And so even with Obi-Wan, the series, there was originally a whole different story. There was this whole thing with Luke. And then they switched it to this Lil' Leia plot. And there was three screenwriters, but really it's Hossein Amini, who is The one who influenced the final product that we got. The reason that The Mandalorian was so good was, one, like you were saying, Favreau really loves Star Wars. Filoni is the guy when it comes to loving Star Wars. There is no one who will top him. And they were left relatively alone. Yes. Because it was a streaming show that had a lot less pressure on it than a big movie. Yeah. But now, because streaming has become the model, and because these shows are the future of this franchise, there's a lot more meddling again. And if you don't let the creators cook... So I don't even think it's like Deborah Chow's fault.
3: You think this is notes from upstairs?
4: I think it's that she's under a lot of pressure from Kathleen Kennedy, etc., to do certain things. And that's how you end up with a story that isn't totally committed to anything.
3: So a long, long, long time ago, I interviewed Hank Azaria. And Hank Azaria was the one that told me he didn't like Last Jedi. I said, how can you not like it? It was bold. It was different. He said, because it's clear that The makers of Last Jedi... Brian Johnson. ...didn't care about whatever direction J.J. Abrams wanted when he made the first one. No shit. Kill the past. (laughs) (laughs) Hank's thing is when you're dealing with something like this, as big as Star Wars, as far-reaching as Star Wars, you can't have people doing whatever the hell they want to do. Sure, you you want to allow filmmakers to have their spin on things, but there has to be an overarching vision of what this story is from beginning to end before it's made. And he compared and contrasted with Marvel. Look at the MCU movies. They're very different. Right. Taika Waititi's Thor is very different from Winter Soldier, which is very different from Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is very different from Black Panther. But even within all those differences, they still have to maintain integrity in certain areas for the story, the overarching story, to make sense. Hank was saying that I can tell by watching a movie what movies either lack that kind of direction or basically are just nothing but conflict with the people upstairs and that's what you felt like star wars was and here we are well yes
4: and you and i have talked about this before kevin feige the reason that marvel works is because there's one guy who loves marvel who has a big picture plan right and who creates room and that's the other thing Creates room for people like Taika Waititi to do a Taika Waititi movie. Right. If Filoni was Kathleen Kennedy, we would not have these issues. Right. But he's not. He's not a producer in that sense. Kathleen Kennedy is a vet, dude. She's business all the way
3: like indiana jones right wasn't she a producer on indiana jones
4: exactly like she goes way back with these guys with spielberg with lucas she was around and i fully trust her business sense but in terms of the creative product i do not think she has the vision that person is filoni and favreau if you want to lump them in there but they're doing their own thing they're making the shows they want to make i'm sure they were consulted on obi-wan but i'm pretty sure they got other things cooking so you're absolutely right, and Ankazaria is absolutely right. But part of the problem is that they handed it over to Ryan Johnson, who's a tremendous filmmaker. And he did what he wanted, and the response was poor, and then they overcompensated following it.
3: Right. This definitely feels a lot like Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. This series.
4: Falling back on old crutches of the canon. Right. To have this episode where essentially all the dialogue was cribbed from previous movies,
3: copy-pasted. And having an element of fan service. Like, they did it for reddit boards where people are like i want to see what you know what would happen if ray and kylo ren became lovers right it's just like it's weird man it's very very weird this has happened before they talk about how finn's character the development is just weird like in a regular movie that would be the love interest if there was a love interest
4: yeah Him or Oscar Isaac, and they have that weird three-way hug at one point.
3: It has all the beats of a school ball comedy. First, we're arguing all the time, like Han and Leia. Yeah. And then we go through some shit, and then we realize we recurred each other, and then we're in love. And instead, he's in a coma after he basically sacrifices himself to get almost killed by Kylo Ren, and she gives him a kiss on the cheek, like, oh, thanks. Mm Mm-hmm. Friend zone. But the guy who almost killed me and almost killed him, that's the guy I'm going to fall in love with. Because he's actually really a nice guy. It was such a strange turn. I don't know, man, there's a lot of new trilogy vibes that I got out of this Obi-Wan, which shouldn't be the case, right? Going back to what I said originally, when you've got this opportunity, your job is to bolster what already exists around it, not do your own thing. And so I thought, in a way, that actually gives you like guidelines, trace lines. So you know, I can not do that, why not? Oh, because of this. As opposed to creating your own story, there's no boundaries, right? And then we talked about that with one of the upcoming shows. is called The Acolyte, which takes place thousands and thousands of years in the past. Before this, the creator, whose name escapes me again, Leslie Headland, says, yeah, I would not want to do Star Wars It takes during the Star Wars timeline because that's such a responsibility. And we praised her for it. We praised her for it. And now, ironically, I wish she would have, because I know that she would have taken it seriously.
4: Because she's a big enough fan for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, Obi-Wan... Riding off into the sunset of Beggar's Canyon And we are riding off into the sunset Of another run of Rule of Two Thank you, Master For allowing me to join you on this fantastic journey
3: Uh, Maze I gotta admit that you seem agitated, my friend I'm wondering if your thoughts on this are clear
4: This show means nothing to me, I mean I serve only you
0: Partial to my character, limited fake character Obi Wan Stat Kenobi, <laughs> but I haven't worked on it. I haven't worked on you it. You have like one phrase.
1: Name. I think it's fascinating that you have a relationship. Obi
0: Wan Stat Kenobi.
1: Oh, hmm.
0: that's my Pittsburgh accent.
1: That's your Pittsburgh that's accent. Pittsburgh? That sounded like an English accent. Yeah, yeah I don't right. know what it was. Obi Wan Stat
0: Kenobi. That's Hermione.
1: <laughs> All right. So what? What is the Pittsburgh accent? Because oh, I don't actually know. I feel like. It's it's a very specific regional dialect. What was the show where it was f- featured prominently on? Pittsburgh. Oh. Yeah. No. No. It's, no. You're like thinking Mar- of so Mar- 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 That was yeah. Philly.
0: So Philly, oh, Philly, Philly, Philly okay. and Pittsburgh are are different. Have oh, you ever me. seen? Have you ever seen Pennsylvania? No. Nick, the Nick Kroll skit? No. They do like some dueling Pennsylvania accents. So the Pittsburgh accent. So I I'm not a Pittsburgh Yinzer speaker mm-hmm. by by nature. I just grew up around like my grandparents had very thick. Yinzer accents and my my great aunt and all my cousins there's a few things that I think define it for one it's the um, instead of like an O like down they'll, they'll say dan so it's like an A-H sound oh okay so like instead of downtown it's dan-tan dan-tan dan <laughs> it almost
2: sounds Cuban <laughs> <laughs> oh bamba and dan-tan dan-tan Madonna yeah there's, a,
0: there's another Pittsburghese thing where mm. they're like that certain like Ls will kind of be like Rs or <sighs> Ws.
2: That's Cuban. That's a Cuban thing. That that's you, Cuban. That's wow. so great. Cuban uh, wow. Pittsburgh. Who would have thought there was Pittsburgh an overlap? People. Between, that's why. That's what why a, what
1: Chris a cultural exchange is happening. Here.
2: Chris, for some reason, <laughs> instead of saying broled, says broel. Brole. Broel. Yeah. Because the L at the end <laughs> of Cuban me. Rs, there's an L. It's too bad he's in Colorado for some reason.
1: reason. I, I would. I would love to be doing so this. Like, he's doing also just there's like
0: fine. there's so there's a lot of like vowel changes. So yeah. like instead of like out, you'd say like at.
1: Huh. Like O so H T O A because so O so out becomes at.
0: Are you gonna go at, like Ooh. that kind of thing?
1: So it's so basically it's just turning Cody. O's into A H's. Yeah, there's like the, this, the
0: vowels are different. And I know, yeah. I know, like actual Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh speakers will probably correct I love the name of the article, me. Jessica. But um I'm trying to pull up so there's there's also just vocabulary words in, that are part of the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. accent. So yeah. yins is obviously the main yeah. one. That's
1: like instead of instead of like y'all, it's yeah, yins, yin's essentially. And
0: like I, you know, I grew up around yins, and so mm-hmm. yins used to be part of my vocabulary. How did that
1: not like affect your accent? How did you how did you stave it off? I
0: hmm. think because I also spent a lot of time in Chicago, like the Chicago really kind of like was the predominant Your accent. Your accent
1: is all over the shop because you've lived in Chicago, you've lived in Pittsburgh, you went to college in the South, you went to college yeah. in Notre Dame. Then I was in New York. Do you find yourself to be like an accent chameleon? Yes. Because sometimes 100%. I find, like I, I spend enough time around someone and I feel like my accent becomes like theirs. If
0: I spend enough time in Clemson around my Clemson friends, sometimes I will start sounding a, a, a little twangy. Mm. Yeah, and I, I used to say y'all a lot. you alls just a really like, uh, just a a useful word to have in your vocabulary. Yeah, because in Chicago, very versatile. Exactly, Chicago. You just say like you guys, you guys, you guys. Or yeah, in yeah, Pittsburgh. It's yins, 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 and y'all is just easy. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. So, anyways, a few Pittsburgh uh, vocab words. Jag-, okay. jag off is the big one. Mm. That means like you're you're a jerk.
1: Uh, I feel like jag jagoff made its way into other. I feel like yeah, yeah, other people jagoff. use jagoff. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very popular now. Mm. It's not just reserved to Pittsburgh, but I think its origins are I hear jerk off
1: more than jag off. That's really? fair. Yeah. At least but here. I, but I feel that, that's an, that's an interesting mm. cultural spread. I, I didn't realize that originated in Pittsburgh. I
0: think it did. Well, mm. I'm giving it to Pittsburgh. Uh, the other big <laughs> thing is is jumbo. Mm. You guys know what jumbo is?
1: No. Well, I mean, other than bigger large. than big, yeah.
0: Jumbo than. is baloney. What? Yeah. So when do I was mean, growing jumbo
2: up, you Jumbo is baloney.
0: Jumbo is baloney. That's like one of
2: those math uh, problems the that I, is Michi. Right. It's like one of those things that I don't understand. It's like jumbo is baloney as boat
1: is drywall. And and like, the <laughs> what? F- what
0: the What are fuck you does saying, dude? What are you talking about? How
1: does how did, like bologna, like how did bologna become baloney and not bologna? Hmm. or Bologna, which is how it's spelled in Italy? Is it just because uh, Americans are incapable of speaking any with other an Italian language? accent? Like yeah. we have to Americanize things? I don't know. Like, we had to add H to the end of names that ended in C. Otherwise, it would be like Greg Popovic. So mm-hmm. we had to add the H so that people mm. realized it actually ended in itch. And you had to say it that way.
0: When I was growing up, I would ask my my Grammy for a, a jumbo sandwich. So she'd put jumbo mayonnaise on white bread. It was absolutely disgusting. I think it's also what Doug Marone eats, the mm. former coach of the Jaguars. I think mm, he's a big bologna, bologna, sandwiches, bologna yeah. sandwich guy. The other big Mustard. Pittsburgh thing is saying inat. What? inat?
1: Is that sort of like in it in English? Oh, I love no, it in it. No, it means in, like English, English. I love it in it.
0: It means like it's <laughs> decent in it. Uh, i it? used in a sentence like, uh, "We're gonna go down and watch the pirates in that," and it means like we're gonna, like, gonna go to the pirates game and like have a few beers. Like, oh, it's it, like it's like and that like and, and that. All It's like Greg Cody's
2: that kind of thing. Uh, kind of, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. That. that kind of thing, it's like n apostrophe at, Nat.
2: and that thing. The other things. thing, uh, there's yeah. a,
0: there's a few more important ones. nebby means like you're nosy, you're getting hmm. getting people's business. Hmm. Uh, one very popular phrase, Kenny Woods open, that means your fly is unzipped. Wait, what? Kenny wow. Woods open. Kennywood's open. Hennywood is open. are so, we?
1: Are we wasting a potential segment idea, a spin-off of Refan del Dia, and it's just like oh, a like a like a Pittsburgh expression the, of the day? Spin, mm. spin the wheel.
0: <laughs> 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 I like that idea. I don't know if there's enough, but yeah, those are some of the big ones. I mean, Yinz yins is the main one. Uh, gum band, rubber band. My Grammy used to say that all the time. Gum band. Gum band. Chipped Chipped ham was another one. People used to call like chipped, chopped ham. I don't know. Chipped ham? Yeah. I
1: like, like that. I don't like that. I don't
0: that. know. That, that might not just be a Pittsburgh thing, but there's there's a lot of vocabulary words hmm. that are just as important as the pronunciations.
1: On the subject of accents, hmm. uh, I heard uh, David Samson and Mike talking about this on a recent local hour. They were talking about singing with accents hmm. because the neutral accent hmm. sounds like an American accent to me, right? So mo- even, for example, if you listen to Oasis... The two main singers are the most Mancunian people you will ever meet in your life. They have the thickest Manchester accents. But they sound... American. Normal. Right. They sound American to me. Every once in a while, an accent will bleed through. And so I've been trying... I want to start like a TikTok series. Uh, There's this great uh, guy who does a TikTok series, which is, let's listen to this Biggie Small song until he says, uh... And, and it, it always happens in the first three seconds. So it'll be like, all right, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Let's wait until we hear, uh. And then it just ends after two seconds. And then we're just on to the next one. And he makes $15,000 a month. Right, exactly. So huh. I want to start a series, which is songs that sound like you hear, like you hear the accent huh. in the song. So I was listening to What You Know by Two Door Cinema Club. And I and it was like, oh, there very clearly is an accent in the middle of this song. And I realized they're from Northern Ireland. I, you hear the rest of the song in mm. my opinion you wouldn't be able to tell they're from northern Ireland. so if you have any suggestions i have one okay go on kate bush is
2: running up that hill
0: oh yeah
1: oh is that the song for that that
2: stranger, stranger things, things is made things, popular yeah. you're saying that she doesn't sound like she's where she's from she doesn't have an no, accent no no no. she does have
1: an accent i'm saying the accent bleeds through yeah the she accent starts bleeds singing through. and then all of a sudden the accent bleeds yeah through. it does
0: that's fair. She, yeah. The, the you the, told me this the, week the that the she's show.
1: making a shed load of money oh off, off of this uh, popularity this song. Things like it's on every TikTok
0: right now. You can't watch a TikTok. It's on everything. Yeah, it. it's, it's the number
1: one song in the UK.
0: That's incredible. Like on the pop the, charts. It's like know, it's
1: like when the Sopranos made Don't Stop Believing the number one song on iTunes when that uh Don't
0: season, Stop
1: series finale that was it
0: nope that was it that was it
1: it's only don't stop it's only don't stop that night I so I watched the last two episodes of The Sopranos and that's it Spoiler. I've not seen any of the others what? And, so hold on a yeah. second
2: wait wait let's stop let's yeah. so there's nine seasons yeah. with <laughs> ten shows per season correct. so there's Two-man about shows. 90 episodes mm-hmm. so you yeah. saw two so you saw 88 that there's still not to be you know you still haven't seen them and you've only seen two that's correct
1: okay it's I a, actually, I watched why? the first thirty minutes of the first one. I, I, I still have to, I still have to get on that. But
0: you just wait. You just watched the last two.
1: Yeah, because what happened was it was a but cultural. You have no idea people what don't happened. realize. People don't realize it was a cultural phenomenon, and I felt bad Everyone for my. I don't think that. you realized it was a cultural phenomenon. Correct. But I, like at the time, right? At the time, those last episodes were because you, we, were the talks, we were kids. We were kids, right? So I, Children. I must have been like thirteen or fourteen when that yeah. last one happened. And I felt bad for my dad because my dad had no one to talk about it with. So mm-hmm. I just sat there. I, wow. I I Right. So I accompanied him to watch. Old, I was years old. 16 years old. Yeah, I was 14. I was 14. Way too so, young. So way too young. But Adult so things. I sat there with my dad and watched the last two episodes because it was a really big deal to him. Yeah. And but I didn't know what was going on. And then I'm I'm known I'm Mm. known for breaking all of the remotes in my home. I'm a I'm a fiddler, and sometimes the remote is one Mm. of the things that I fiddle with. Mm. Mm. And so my dad actually was about to like that's another
0: Pittsburghese one. I think they say clicker. Mm. Mm. But go on.
1: So I my dad thought I'd like did something with the remote when the scene went to black, and like actually (laughs) had a go at me until the credits started. And like for thirty seconds he was like lighting into me, and then the credits started rolling. He was like wait, wait. That was it? That was it? And that was it. There's no way to end a a show.
0: Your dad was like him you asshole! I yes. call you Chris?
1: Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Okay. What are you doing? To me?
0: Yeah. Wait, Tony. I'm sorry. Can we there's, go back to that? There's no good awful way to take? end the show. That's
1: not true. No, no, no. Hold on. Let's stop
2: for a second. Let's relax. Hold on.
0: Series finales. Hold on. Shut the fuck up. Hold on. What?
1: Series finales.
2: Like the entire series finales yes. done.
1: But, but there's, an, there's an enormous catalog of shows. Seinfeld. Seinfeld had a lot of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Game of Thrones. your mother? Worst ending ever. The Office. I know you're not an Office guy. The Office. I've heard The Office. Terrible as
2: well. Sopranos. Yeah,
0: I can also name a lot of good ones. All right, okay, name your it. mother. Go on. The Americans, one of the best. Okay,
1: well, I mean, nobody's. Seen that.
0: That's not true. D- don't Incredibly... people say that?
1: Don't people say that Sons of Anarchy ended poorly? The, like, uh, the entire sure. Season. We'll, we'll throw like, that in there too. They just mail it in the last yeah, season. Yeah.
0: That whole show, it had a lot of ups and downs. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh Give me a great Breaking classic Bad. one. Breaking Bad had no. A- it had
2: it had you wanting more, which is why they created more.
0: Uh, I don't think that's why they created more. I they think had they a, had. I think they announced Better Call Saul
1: before it even ended. The didn't movie, they? though.
2: The movie. Remember the the yes. movie? Those two uh, hours. Was yes it or called? whatever. I it's not sh- remember. It's a card name.
1: I just think people leave <laughs> uh, leaves, uh, unsatisfied with endings. Exactly. of television. That's what I'm <laughs> leave, uh, there's so Guys, people don't want things to end. Exactly. 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 It doesn't matter how you end it. You have to absolutely nail it.
2: Exactly. In order to really satisfy. And I I've listed four or five here that had. Very questionable endings. Go ahead. And I know I just listed them already. I'm, I can think of
0: better, I can think of more good ones. I also didn't hate the Sopranos ending. Like it was, I agree. Was when, fucking when, compelling. when, was when awesome. you compelling. It when it's you
1: hear controversial. It controversial. Artis- when you hear it artistically explained, it's really cool. And also, they could have gone back and done more, but unfortunately, the lead is no longer with us. Mm. And so, mm. that is the artistic Rest ending for all times. King of Gaiwogul. Let's do it for another another episode of Mystery <laughs> Crate. <laughs> sure to check out all the podcasts and Levitard and Friends podcast network. We have a lot. We got a lot going on. A lot going on, guys. There's so, a lot of stuff that's happening in this. Company. It's bonkers. So let's go one by one here. Jessica, you're involved with like seven of them. Yeah. So <laughs> let's start with uh DNF.
0: Homeland season series finale was actually pretty good. Mm. I, that, uh, that
2: was like three up three seasons too long. By the way,
0: I agree with that. DNF, we did a recap of the Canadian Grand Prix. It's available wherever you find your podcasts in the Livetard Friends Podcast Network. Also on YouTube. We will be back in two weekends with uh, the British Grand Prix at Silverstone, which is always one of the it's best. Not, it's
1: not one weekend, because it's next weekend. Oh, when the listeners fair. are listening one, to this. That's Come on now, Jess. Alright.
0: Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the correction, <laughs> I guess. So we'll be back for the British Grand Prix on July 3rd, which is always one of the most exciting races on the calendar. Last year's race was bonkers. It was one of the craziest races other than Abu Dhabi, I think of the entire season with Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen going wheel to wheel. And Max Verstappen going out of the race, and Lewis Hamilton winning at his home race. So that's exciting. Also, Baby Lando's home race, but I've said enough about there's a, that.
1: There's a lot of home races when they race. What in makes UK. it a home race? Uh, when a, you race in the country that you're Britain, born. in yeah. There's a ton Lewis, of yeah.
0: Lando, is that it? That might be it. I
1: feel like there. I feel like there might be one more English driver. Eh. we'll think of it. Alex Albon. Okay. All right. Uh, so I'm just going to go up and down here on our Levitard and Friends feed. DNF, check it out. Cinephile with Chris Cody and Adnan Virk. I really enjoyed the listen. Southweed Sessions has an episode with Malcolm Gladwell this week. Too many men have you covered on the NHL playoffs. Basketball Illuminati or Basketball Illuminati-ing. Uh, they'll have you covered. I mean, big time for conspiracy theories. You get into yeah. the free agency in the draft period. Underdogs gets you ready for the NBA draft. Cinephobe has an episode with our friend, comedian Brad Williams uh, yes. on the movie Tiptoes. And off the looking glass... Big week, as it is the celebration across sports of 50 years of Title IX. Off the Looking Glass has that covered. This week's episode of the Metal Larkers has that covered as well. Lads, what do you got on the YouTube channel? Everything. Check it out.
2: Uh, don't forget Point Forward. Yes. Have, uh, Point Andre, Forward. Yeah. Andre Reacting Iguodala. to
1: Andre Iguodala winning the NBA championship. We have a colleague that won the NBA title. Yeah. So one of you the like company that? Won an NBA title. And they have Steve Kerr this week, so it's pretty cool. Fantastic.
0: And Marcus Freeman on Golik and Smetty. Who's that? Bro.
1: Okay, goodbye.